Good morning and welcome here to the church. All right. It's good to see the church come together once again. And it's good to be uh, here in order to spread the message of God to you. Uh, I don't know about you, but this, this is the part of my week that I get most excited about. You know, there are things that, that I have to do in order to pay the light bill and the water bill, things like that, you know, help put in on that. But this right here is what gets me excited. This right here is what refuels me as I come and I see the smiling faces and I hear encouraging words from, from uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is what my week is about. So I, I, I don't know how excited you are to be here today, but I'm excited to be here on today. So I just ask again on this week that you bring the same excitement that you had when you saw those cowboys pull off that win on last Sunday. All right. Uh, today, today we continue this sermon series uh, where we're looking at healing our land, right? Uh, we're looking at doing that through our actions, right? Being the church, being God's people, being the thing that we teach others about and share messages about. That's what this whole sermon series is about. And, and we get it from a very good source. You see, the, the, the messages that we're going to be presenting to you all the way through the month of November is coming directly from Jesus. And it's so exciting to be able to to try to preach this sermon that Jesus preached on the mount so long ago. On last week, Scott talked about the Anoim, right? Those, th those people, right? Who didn't seem like they would be blessed or blessed, depending on how far south you're from. But those people are the people in which the kingdom is for. Right? This upside down kingdom where those who are of high status and, 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 and maybe have all the money in the world, those aren't the people at the top, but it's those people. And then to hear these words and to, to hear about what Jesus is doing in the world at this time, most people are thinking that Jesus is not about the business of doing what we're familiar with. Right? They, they thought Jesus was here to change things. And as I began to read my text this week, I started thinking about this. And the, the, the easiest way to wrap my mind around this, this concept, was to think about one of my favorite movies as a child. Have y'all seen The Princess Bride? I love watching that movie whenever I was a kid. It's a story about a, a little boy who's at home. I don't know if he's actually sick. He probably is actually sick. But his grandpa is there with him while he's sick, and he's reading him a story. And in this story, you see uh, there's a villain by the name of Vincini, all right? Um, and this villain has two henchmen. One's name is Inigo uh, Montoya. And throughout the whole movie, Vincini, right, he is smarter than everybody. And he sets up these plots and he's like, okay, I know this is going to get them. And every single time he tries to set up something to happen, what happens? It goes wrong. And he yells out, inconceivable, right? Every single time. And an ego comes to him. You keep using that word. I don't think that means what you think it means. And he was so convinced that his plans could not fall through. He was so convinced, it was unimaginable that what he had set up could fail. 
In his mind, it was foolproof. And I believe that when Jesus presents this to the people of this day, they had in their mind that the way that they understood the law, the way that they understood the Torah, was how it should be. But Jesus comes to them, and he doesn't do it in a spiteful manner. He doesn't do it in a hateful manner. He doesn't say, I'm smarter than you. Let me tell you what's going on. Jesus says, I do not think that means what you think it means. And he begins to explain exactly what the law is and what its purpose is for. And so today, I'm going to introduce you to this whole message of Jesus getting to that. Scott will carry it over and begin to start dropping dimes on what it is, right? Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. In this, we're going to see that Jesus is going to say, I actually love the law. I actually have come to fulfill the law. I actually came to bring clarity about the law. I came to challenge you not only to do it, but allow it to penetrate and renovate your hearts. The Bible says, say amen if you're there. I don't want to start without you. The Bible says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law. Let me read from the Bible, not my translation. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Can we say abolish? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Can we say fulfill? For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot. I remember, re- I remember hearing this passage when I was a kid, and, and, and Brother Blair would read this uh, from the King James Version. I, I love that jot or tittle. Uh, I, I thought that was amusing as a kid. Heaven and earth pass away. Not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Verse 19. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds, can we say exceeds? That of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is good to me as I studied, and I pray that it'll be good for you as well. Uh, we're going to look at first Jesus' stance. As we look at verses 17 through 18, we're looking at Jesus' stance on this whole thing. Verse 17 says again, do not think that I have come to abolish, right? Jesus said, I didn't come to get rid of this thing that you know of as the law and the prophets. Jesus said, I didn't come to make it come to an end. And we may have heard that in our past where we say, okay, that's done and over with. We don't have anything to do with that. We're a New Testament church, right? Jesus said, I didn't come to end this. I didn't come to end this. And, and sometimes us Westerners in this age, we have a different uh, perception of what the law is, right? The law is, hey, the speed limit is a law, right? Not cheating on my taxes is a law. 
But when, when they looked at the law, it was something much different. When you look at and you think about the law or the Torah or the Torah for us Southerners, we, 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 we understand that to mean the instruction of God. God didn't, God didn't create us and place us on this earth and then say, okay, good luck with all of this. He has given us instruction on how to live. And Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law, and I didn't come to abolish the prophets. Jesus saying, I didn't come to destroy the instructions, and I surely didn't come to make known what the prophets spoke about. You see, because even though God gave you instruction on how to live, even though God gave you instruction on how to think and how to uh, be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a child... He also said, I know that you're going to need help. And I spoke truth through the prophets telling them that one day I would send someone like the son of man. Someone who would be in the image of a human being, but would be a savior to you. God spoke this message throughout the ages. It was there in the beginning. When sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. And he said, the son of the woman, right? Usually when you look at the Old Testament, they talk about the seed that comes from the man, but it says this one that comes from the woman. And what would Jesus come from? The Holy Spirit and the woman. All the way in Genesis, God is saying, hey, Jesus is coming. You don't have to be by yourself in this thing. He says, I didn't come to destroy this. I've not come to abolish them, but I came to fulfill. I came to fulfill. And as I'm looking at this, I'm trying to make sense of this in my mind. Okay, I'm looking at the word. I know that this word fulfill uh, uh, means to, um, let's see, give true or complete meaning to. And or actually, literally, to fill up. And so I begin to think, oh, what is it that we have that's good in a lesser state, but even better when it's made full? And I begin to think about this. I, I, I like to call myself a gardener, right? And, and sometimes I actually grow things in the dirt. You can't see it, and maybe, do we have a zoom on that? Probably not. I have here between my fingers a coriander, all right? This little bitty tiny seed. How many of you tasted coriander before? It's pretty decent, right? It has that, that kind of like a lemon zest to it, nutty flavor, right? Guess what, guys? I love to eat breakfast tacos. And when I get breakfast tacos and I get the salsa from Trace McGee's, all right, that's free. They don't have to pay for that plug. I love cilantro. So I go and I plant cilantro and I go and whenever I need it, I just get something off of there. I rinse it off, you know, because the dog likes to mess around in the garden too. <laughs> and it's awesome, but guess what? At one point, I got tired of eating it, and it kept growing and growing. And guess what started to grow out of the cilantro? The seeds. The seeds started growing out of there. And I was like, I had no idea that this was the same thing. Why don't they call it soriander instead of coriander? You know, you use the cilantro to see, right? And I started to think. The way that God's people have been treating the law and the prophets all this time, they had been dealing with coriander seed, right? It was good the way that they were using it. It was decent, but it wasn't cilantro, right? 
It wasn't cilantro. It wasn't up to the taste and the, sm- the scent and the smell of cilantro. They were dealing with coriander seed. And Jesus came and said, I came to show you that you've been dealing with something that has been good, but you haven't been dealing with something uh, in its most fulfilled or most powerful state. It's, it gets better than what it's been. And you see, they had a problem at this time because what happened was is that they had been in, they had gotten to trouble. Okay, y'all know about trouble. I remember whenever I was in ISS captivity in school, right? Because because I I, I broke the rules, right? I broke the instructions, and I would have to go into ISS captivity, much like God's people went into Babylonian captivity. And so what they did was they said, we don't want to go back to that place where we used to be in. We don't want to go back there. So now what we're going to do, we know God's instruction. We know God's law. What we're going to do is we're going to make rules that go around it so we don't even get close to breaking those rules. And what happens was is that they begin to focus on the doing instead of letting it change their heart. And so they were just about going through the motions And it meant nothing to them anymore. We need to make sure we do, 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 do. They didn't really understand. We just knew we had to do it. It didn't change who we were as people. We just knew that we had to do it. And this is where they were. And Jesus saying, I came to give you the cilantro of this thing. It's so powerful. It's going to change you. I came to fulfill this thing. In verse number 18, the Bible continues on. It says, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until it's accomplished. He says, I'm telling you for real, I'm not coming to change this. Now, when you look at the Hebrew, right, they got all these lines and they got these dots and all these weird places. If you move a line or you change the dot, you change the whole word, right? You change the whole meaning. Jesus says, I'm not going to change a thing. I know what you heard about me. I know you heard that I'm working for the other side. I'm working for the other team and that I work for the adversary. But I'm telling you that I'm actually in love with the law. I'm not about what I want to do. I've come to do my father's bidding. He says, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until it's complete or accomplished. He's saying that this instruction that God has given to us on how to live, I'm not going to change it. The way that the prophets talked about this Savior coming, I'm not trying to change that meaning. I'm telling you that I came here to fulfill it. It's going to be fulfilled, made full in me. You don't have to hope for tomorrow with the Savior. Today he's here. And I'm going to tell you exactly what this law is. I'm going to make it clear what it is supposed to be used for. And so he sets the expectation. He sets the expectation. Verse number 19, the Bible continues on. It says, therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least 
in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is a conditional statement, right? It's a conditional statement that he gives here. If you do this, then this happens. If you don't do it, then this will happen, right? Yes. If you change your oil, your car might keep running. If you don't, you're going to be facing some problems. He says, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. These commandments that he speaks of, this is something that is authoritatively commanded. Jesus is saying, this has been given to you not as a consideration, This has been given to you, not as something that you might want to do. He's saying that if you want things to go well in this life, in this time, then you will put this into practice. Jesus is saying, God said, I said so. All right, you remember that. You remember that from when you were kids, and you say why. Or you you might be from the old school where you couldn't say why. You thought it. All right. God is saying, because I said so, not to be mean, not to be hurtful towards you because his law, his way, his philosophy, and this is the way I like to look at it. it this is a way of life, right? This is a philosophy. This is a way of life. His way of life means a better life for all of us, right? Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it doesn't taste so good. It tastes good when we give it to other people. When we got to take the medicine, sometimes it doesn't taste as good. Tastes good coming off the tongue, but not going in. He says, whoever breaks one of these, least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same. He says that we also not only have a job to take this in, But we're also supposed to be teaching others to do the same. Did y'all know that we were all teachers? You thought that right now, the only people who was teaching were the ones that were struggling with Google Classroom. (laughs) Guess what? It's not the case. We're all teaching, right? We're all supposed to be teaching this thing. Those who break the least of these and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called what? Great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, at this time, you got you to gotta imagine what these people are thinking right now, right? Because they haven't had a great life like some of us have had great lives. They are under the thumb of Roman leadership. And all they know is we used to be a great kingdom. We used to have this whole city to ourselves. We used to have King David and Solomon. We had all these great leaders, and now we are second-class citizens. And so when Jesus mentions kingdom of heaven, they got to be thinking, oh, man, here it comes. It's time to take these suckers out. This kingdom of heaven is different, though. This kingdom of heaven, it means to be under the the, the rulership, uh, under the rule of God. It's not a physical kingdom, right? 
When I was a kid, I don't know why my mind worked this way, but whenever I was a kid and I heard the kingdom of kingdom of heaven, I always imagine the Disney logo, right? I always, I'm like, the kingdom of heaven has got to look like this, right? But the kingdom of heaven is different. It doesn't work like other kingdoms to where the rich and powerful are at top. The least are at the top, right? And to be in this kingdom, you have to be obedient and subservient to God. And that's why the church is the kingdom, right? And one day, the whole world will bow down to God and recognize who he is. One day. Not, not yet, but one day. He says, whoever keeps or does this and teaches, we can't forget about the conjunctions, right? Whoever keeps this and teaches this, you know, we get into this thing sometimes to where we say, okay, I have God's will, God's way for my life. Now I'm okay. My neighbor, they can do whatever they want to do, right? The world can continue to do whatever they want to do, but it's our job to spread this thing to the world, right? It's our job to take this message to the world because guess what? The world is where you used to be. Do you remember your BC days? Do you remember your BC days? Do y'all know what BC means? Before Christ, do you remember your BC days? I remember being uncomfortable in my BC days. I remember being unsure in my BC days. I remember being at the wild parties. I remember feeling uncomfortable as everybody around me is drunk or high or something. I'm thinking, what if God comes back while I'm here? I remember my BC days when I continued to do the same thing over and over and over again when I knew that it was sin. And always after the fact, I'm like, why did I do that? Does God still love me? Am I good enough for God? Do you remember those BC days? Others need help out of those BC days. There are people who need help out of the BC days. And guess what we have? The seed. Right? He says, verse number 20. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want you to see this. Jesus, well, he's kind of throwing shade, okay? Y'all know what that is? Talk to your youth group. He's throwing shade right now. He's saying, unless your righteousness exceeds that of scribes and Pharisees. You see, the scribes and the Pharisees, they get gotten into the practice of, okay, we just need to do, 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 do. And those who don't do, they're not as good as we are. We've been there before. Right? Maybe it's just me. I look at a group of people and I say, oh, man, I have nothing to do with those people. I have nothing to do with those people. Those people are sinners. I'm righteous. I'm better than. 
Attitudes can be that way sometimes. But he says, if we don't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you see, they were only about doing. Jesus says that this has to penetrate your heart and renovate who you are. You see, there was nothing wrong with the law. It was so that we can learn what God wanted, right? What he expected. It defines sin for us. I want you to see something here. Let's see who I can pick out. This might be uh, Nadia. Come here for a moment. I want you guys to see something. She has an easier outfit here. Come stand right here for me. I need you to see this. Now, I, I need you to take your arms out of your sweatshirt there. Take your arms out of your sweatshirt. Just pull your arms out if you can. Got it? All right. See, this, this is what we tell her not to do. Don't stretch out your clothes we pay good money for. <laughs> All right? Now, I won't help you with this real quick. Now, Jesus is asking us to do this. He's saying, <laughs> he's saying, you, you thought that you were supposed to wear sweatshirts this way, right? And, and, and what's happened was, go ahead and put your arms back in the squeeze. What's happened was, they've been living a certain way for so long and doing it a certain way for so long that they just knew for a fact that this was right. And Jesus comes to them and he says, guess what, guys? Me and the father didn't put the tag on the shirt, the sweatshirt so that it can be in the back. We put it on the front so that you can know what size you wear and what material everything is made of. You've been going about this the wrong way. We thought it was kind of cute that you put it on. We, we, we loved the fact that you put it on, but you had it on the wrong way. All right? And so Jesus is about to come, and he's about to say, this is how you're supposed to wear the sweatshirt. This is what the law is about. It's supposed to be worn this way. And guess what? When she goes out, if she was to wear this, and everybody in this room were to go about wearing all of their clothes backwards now with the tag in the front, you know what that would do? That would cause the world to say, I wonder why they're doing that that way. I wonder who told them to do it that way. And did I miss out on something? You see how it prompts something in your heart to say, maybe I need to change things. This is not only for us, but it's for the world. The world can say, hey, we wear our tags in the back. Why are they doing it like this, in this way? And then also, you don't ever, after a while, of being able to look down, Nadia, you can say, okay, I know that this is 70% cotton and some percentage polyester. And I don't have to check after doing it for so long. It's just in me. It becomes a part of me. Amen? You see, at first, when we're first learning to obey God, and we're first getting into that thing, sometimes we got to force some of the things that God has asked us to do. Sometimes we got to say, I really don't want to do this, but I know that God wants me to do it. Thank you, Nadia. You can wear it like that for the rest of the day if you want to. <laughs> I know that God really, really wants me to do this. I know that he wants me to have change in my life. I know that he wants me to do this, so I'm going to put it into practice right now, even though it's not normal for me. And guess what happens? After some time, it becomes a part of you. 
And in those times where we used to forget about who we were and what we were supposed to do, we have now, once we receive God and we're baptized for the mission of our sins, we have the Holy Spirit that prompts us to say, remember, remember what God said. Keep that tag in the front. Keep that tag in the front. And all of a sudden, we're changed for the better. All of a sudden, Jesus presents to us something that is conceivable, something that we can grasp. Again, as I look at this, it's similar to what I preached a couple of weeks ago. We got to ask ourselves, now that we have this, are we going to do it? And you might be asking yourself, Chris, this message is incomplete. Well, that's Scott's job next week to bring you the rest of it. <laughs> and we'll continue presenting that part of it to you. But today I just want you to see that Jesus loves the law. Jesus wants to bring clarity to the law. And he's about to introduce a whole lot of comments and commentary into this thing called the law. He's going to say, you heard that it was said that this was that, but I say, and he's going to speak with authority. And I want you to understand that when Jesus speaks with authority, his authority and the way that he speaks comes from a place of love. So I want you to say, I know that this may hurt me when I hear about such and such, but it's for our good. And if we're putting it into practice and if we're backward shirt wearing people, guess what? The world is going to ask the question, what do I need to do? What prompts them to live in this manner? Let us pray. Dear most kind and righteous Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time thanking you for allowing us all to be here on this day. We thank you again for this gift of life that you have given us. We ask, dear Lord, that you would uh, grant our hearts to be open to what you have to say. Dear Lord, erase those thoughts in our hearts that tell us that we know it all. Get rid of the the know-it-all attitude that we sometimes possess and allow your word to penetrate and renovate our hearts. We ask, dear Lord, that you would bless the hearts of those who do not yet have relationship with you. God, we ask that you would allow us to come across their paths. And we ask you, Lord, that you would bless us as a whole, as your people, as the kingdom, to continue to advance the progress of the kingdom and to continue to be kingdom people as we go throughout our everyday lives. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.